0: starts phasing out and the chores of daily life starts kicking in again. Okay. And we need to face this new year like Yama was preaching last um, Sunday about starting strong. Okay. And I believe to start strong, we need one ingredient. That is a strong faith. I believe for this year, we're going to pursue faith with a, with a power and tenacity that we have not done before. We need to get deeper into faith. We need to live by faith. Kay? Our whole being must be cu- consumed by faith. If you want to see great things coming to pass. The gospel is not a matter of words. It's a matter of power and that power is hidden in faith, okay? not in our ideas and understanding, okay? not in our schemes <laughs> and our great wisdom. It's hidden in faith. And even the theme of the fasting is about believing. Okay, let's dare to believe for greater things. Let's dare to believe that our faith will be greater this year as we grow in our faith. I believe that's what the Lord is going to do this year. That's what He wants to do this year in our lives. And fruit will come out of it. Fruit will be evident. Fruit will come by itself. If a tree is grown well, fruit will not stay out. It will bring fruit. Now Faith sometimes is a little bit mystical, you know, it's, a, it's like a, a cloud hanging up there. You don't really know <laughs> where to put your hands on it and how to do it and where does this faith come from and, and how do I, you know, practice more faith and all that stuff. Now so the disciples had the, the same problems, the same issue, okay? Over and over the Lord was rebuking the disciples for not having faith. They never rebuked them for sinning. (laughs) He rebuked them for not having faith. And and, and the disciples wondered, now what is this faith thing about? How do we get this faith? And they asked Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, faith, it's like a little mustard seed. It's not a cloud hanging up there. It's not something that you can't put your hand to it. It's like a master seed. Now you can put your hands to a master seed. You can hold it. You can feel it. It is substance. Know that face. It is a substance. It's a reality. Okay? Now, that little seed, that face comes from God because our faith originates from God. Now, God... Put that little master seed in every person here on earth. He planted that seed of faith into every person, doesn't matter what they believe. In actual fact, you will not find any person here on earth that he doesn't believe anything. Because people are doing what they are believing. And it comes from that seed of faith. Now, obviously, most of the people don't believe in the truth. They believe what they want to believe. Nonetheless, that seed is in there. And that seed stays a seed and clogged up and piled up and sealed up unless it gets watered, unless it gets an environment where that seed gets softened up. Most people don't want to be in that environment. They don't want to be softened up in their hearts. They want to remain and keep it closed up because they don't want something to grow that is stretching them too much, that is going beyond them. Because okay. so that seed stays in there and does nothing. But souls that soften their hearts, that water, all of a sudden, that solid shell around that seed starts cracking and swelling up and bursting open and something starts to grow. Something starts to take root. That is faith. It's a substance that grows in something real. Everything that is put into that seed, the promises put in there come alive. (laughs) As we are Pursuing as we open up our hearts, pursuing God and taking on that substance of faith. Okay? Let me read from uh, Galatians 2 verse 20. I want to start off with that one. It says there, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. Now, that's very abstract. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody here that has been crucified or know what that is like. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm dying to myself. What does that mean? Well, the next day you see your flesh is very much alive still. (laughs) Like it or not? Okay. Now here, he doesn't say, I have died with Christ. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now to be crucified is a painful, is a long process. Guys were hanging there for days sometimes before they died. Paul doesn't say, I have arrived yet, but I have been crucified. I endure the pains that, that entails faith. Faith is not everything going on. Kittori, and I trust for all the promises to come through and life is going to be fine. <laughs> like Hilma said, uh, Hilda said earlier on, to abandon things, not to be comfortable for ourselves, but to be willing to be crucified and go through the pains of life. Until I'm really dead. You know, it's a process of dying. And you will know when you really died. And when you think you have died, more stuff pops up in your hands and say, Oh, I didn't know that about myself. (laughs) I've been here on earth for more than 50 years now, and I still don't know myself. I still stuff pops up that baffles my mind, Say, I need to change my mind about some things. I have to stop being so stubborn and I have to change my mind. Do you know what that is to change your mind? It's called repentance. Repentance is not to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> because that doesn't change anything. It's changing our way of thinking, renewing our mind. And that's a constant process of dying on the cross. I'm being crucified. Some people, you know, at some time back there was, I don't know if it was a book going around or what, you know, that, that Christians they are crucifying one another. Well, good for you. <laughs> that's what church is about, okay? We are rubbing shoulders with one another, and we don't like it. And it reveals what's really in our hearts. And we're being crucified in the process. But the interesting thing is, it's not the end. We are not dead right there. It actually brings life, because it says here, and the life which I now live in the flesh, It doesn't deny living in the flesh. I live, okay, in, I live by faith in the Son of God. It draws us closer to God. It boosts our faith, okay, not to shoot back at people, but to actually allow God to change my life, okay, to grow and change the way of percei- how I perceive things. I live by faith. Now, when he says I live by faith, that means I am taking on another substance than my flesh. Now, it's easy to say, this here is substance, right? Nobody can deny that. You pinch me, I feel it, okay? This is substance. But as we draw closer to God and grow in faith, this substance matters less and the substance of faith becomes me. I actually become faith, okay? God says, guys, Take on this substance, become like Jesus, okay? Become more like Jesus. To have faith is actually to draw more and more into Christ, to draw into Jesus and live from the place of Jesus here on earth, our daily life, not by the desires of our flesh and our wants. Oh, have great faith, this year I'm going to get the new Mercedes. I'm gonna have a new house, okay. Nothing wrong, Jesus puts up with those things and he even gives us sometimes what we want, okay. But God is concerned about the big picture, about his plans, about his purposes to be accomplished here on earth. That's why he needs people that have been crucified and that take on the substance of faith in themselves, fully being committed to Jesus and fulfill. Those so it's purposing Jesus. And our purpose is certainly not to become rich. Now I'm not saying you can't become rich, but if that becomes a substance, you are missing it altogether. I had a friend, he said, I feel the Lord was calling me to become a millionaire. <laughs> now at times he had millions in his hands, <laughs> but his spiritual lives, I don't know where that is. His purpose is to be fulfilled in Jesus here on earth. I don't know where that is. And that's our number one priority. If that's not number one priority, our faith is not going to grow. That plant, that seed that took root is not going to grow into a tree. and It's not going to bear fruit. It's being sold out to Jesus 100%, no matter what. Okay, Hebrews 11. I'm going to look at Hebrews today, so bear with me. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what I talked about. It's a substance. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. And Paul is going to give a list of people with a testimony. Now, testimony is a history of a life or a lifestyle in Christ that speaks to the world. Okay? It's more than just saying, oh, today I had the opportunity to pray for somebody and that person felt better. Now, that's a small testimony, but this testimony is a testimony of a life. And we need to carry a testimony of Jesus throughout our life. By being in alignment with Jesus and with His plans.. Yeah. Hebrews one verse three: By faith we understand that the worlds were well framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen are not be- made of the things which are invisible. Hallelujah. I can see this year I'm gonna prosper. okay. <laughs> now that's good, but for what purpose? Hallelujah. This year, I'm going to have my spouse. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the Lord wants to spare you some pain, you know. <laughs> I see that face there. <laughs> we need to say that face, the substance of faith, comes from God and was operating To bring into existence what has not been visible, which was existing but not visible. When he created the earth, by faith he spoke a word and it became visible. Now when God commissions us to fulfill his purpose, we are full of faith. We said faith. We speak God's purposes into the situation and God's purposes become visible, it becomes reality. Now that's a completely unselfish submitting to God and living faith. Faith has nothing to do with selfishness. You find a trace of selfishness in your life, deal with it. Because that's not what God has called you for. I don't say we shouldn't enjoy life, okay? But let's not make that the main aim in our life. God's purposes is number one. God says, seek the kingdom of God first. And all the other things will be added, so don't worry about those. But keep your focus. Become a person of faith. Change from a fleshly person into a person of faith. Take on that substance. So, that faith is the faith of God. And I believe this year is a year where we're going to take that faith of God onto ourselves. And we're going to crack this thing open. We're going to do God's will this year. Okay. Great. So, how does this faith come? We all know how it comes. It's in the scripture. <laughs> it says there in Romans 10 verse 17, So, f- then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, there is a difference between believing or belief and faith. Okay. It says, faith comes by hearing. Okay? That means, I, something comes to me, I either open my heart up, or I close it. Okay? I hear when I open up my heart. Okay? Something has spoken into my heart, I can reject it, or I can receive it. I can hear, or I can leave it. Okay? Now, faith comes by hearing again, changing my way of thinking, being challenged in my thinking. Okay, That's where faith comes from. And how does hearing, where does hearing come from? They say, hearing by the Word of God. That means the Word of God actually opens up my heart to enable me to hear. I can read the whole Bible and have no encounter with Jesus at all if my heart is closed. I can read one verse in scripture with a receiving heart and the word of God that enables me to hear changes my life. It's important to read the word, to be in the word to listen to the word, but we need to open up. We have to crack that seed open and activate faith. So that believing of that word that comes into my life makes that faith, that substance of faith grow and notch higher. Every time I renew my mind, faith increases. Faith gets bigger. My life in Jesus increases. You know, to grow bigger in faith, It's being greater in Jesus. It's not about me. It's only that I take on that substance of faith which draws me closer into Jesus, links me with Jesus, makes Jesus more real to me, working together with Him, knowing Him. That's what faith is about. That's how faith comes. The Word opens our ears that we may hear and change. Believing, hearing, God, whenever God speaks, often He uses us, one another, Christians, friends to rub hard on us because we are not hearing. And it forces us, either to open up our ears and hear what God is saying, or we just shut up, is stifled, we are back in the ground. And this is not comfortable. A life of faith is not a matter of comfort. Okay. You see comfort, this is not where the road you should take. Hebrews 10 verse 28 Now the just shall live by faith. Again, these people that enter into this are the just people. Not those that are trying to do right. Those that embrace faith, grow in faith, get deeper into the Lord. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now we're going to look at the examples that is described in Hebrews 11. These are people. They did not just occasionally exercise faith. These were people rooted in Christ, if you will. They were rooted in God. Their whole life was a testimony. Now, this was a practical outworking, outliving of faith. In James 2, verse 20, it says, O foolish man, uh, wait, it says there, Faith. Without works, it's dead. If there is not a practical outflow in our life, you don't have faith at all, actually. It's dead. It's not a matter of talk. So, now all these people that we are talking about here now, Abel, Enoch, Abraham and all these guys, they had one thing in common. Every one of these verses starts with by faith Abraham, by faith Enoch, by faith Moses. They had one thing in common, they were rooted in God. That's where it came from. Okay, that's uh, Hebrews 4 verse 11, Uh, 11 verse 4, sorry. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. Now one aspect. Now this was the strength of Abel. Giving. Now every believer needs to have this gift of giving. But there are people that are just specially called for giving. But I want to encourage you, as you grow in faith, giving you cannot exclude. Because it shows what is important in your life. Okay, my wife got my purse, so I'm free. <laughs> okay I'm not bound to money, OK. But that money in your pocket shows where does your face lie. What do you trust in really? When it's to get to your very own substance, you will see of what you are made. OK? Is your substance of faith? Is your substance of flesh? And money will show. If your money is your substance is of flesh, you have to de- rely on that money. Because that sustains the flesh. But if you are of faith, that money means nothing. You can give it today away today, you know you, know you are safe in the Lord. Giving is very important for us people of faith. Abel gave sacrificially. He gave his all. He was sold out to God. Cain made a contribution, and God was not happy. <laughs> okay. well, we, don't, we don't know the detail of this story, but certainly that something didn't sit well with the Lord when he rejected Cain. And I believe it's a core of things. It was a lack of faith. A lack of 100% commitment to the Lord. talks about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see this. and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Faith is a matter of pleasing God. Faith is a matter of salvation. Okay. Enoch li- li- lived in a completely broken world. There was no believers around him. And he only got 300 years old and the Lord took him away. Now in those days, people became eight, 900 years old. So uh, still at a young age, the Lord took him away because there was nobody that responded to him. And shortly after that, Noah came, and destruction came. But it was salvation through faith displayed in us. And that pleased God. You know, many times you say, I want to please God. Why do you want to please God? Because I want to go to heaven. And you are trying hard to do everything right and not to sin here and not to offend there, okay? (laughs) And you are still not sure whether you are going to be good enough for heaven, you know? God says, "He doesn't say "I'm pleased in those works." He's saying, "I am pleased with faith. You know, if you are in faith and you are close to Jesus, sin is not an issue anymore. You're not going to be have a desire to go into sin. It's not on your mind to go into those things, sins. It's not the issue. The issue is always close relationship with Jesus, and keep growing in that. And that's what Enoch had, and that's what made God pleasing. He wants relationship. There's no uh, Okay, Okay, he says in Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay. Because without Jesus, it's impossible to go to heaven. Then there was Noah, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his uh, household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now all these people, without knowing Jesus, actually, were people for righteousness because of faith. Now, Noah, this is an example of obedience. To build our faith, it requires obedience. There's no other way around it. You can't have the Word of God come as a good suggestion and then you make a decision what you want to do. It requires obedience. Now it's easy to obey when God gives us a wonderful great ministry and something that looks good, you know. Let's go for it. Let's take this, you know it gets a little bit more tricky when God asks for uncomfortable things things that take a long time things that take something out of us it, it com- with commitment to make things work without being recognized, without be- being seen just for the sake of obedience you know Noah he had this, this great vision of the flood going to come and it was easy for him to obey because that if I don't do something about it, I'm going to drown, so I better make a boat. <laughs> but it still took obedience. Why? There was a great commitment. In those days, they didn't have t- power tools to quickly chop down trees and cut the, the boards and nail it together. All he had was an axe and a forest. <laughs> And God saying, make a boat! But God, I didn't sign up, I wasn't looking for more workload. Why don't you just give me a boat? This is going to take me a hundred years until I finish this. Do you know how hard it is to chop these trees? And then square them, and then round them, and then put it together? I don't even have steel nails. There's no pupkowitz around. hard work of a hundred years. Do you know what commitment that takes? And nobody encourages you. Everybody that walks past you, laughs at you and says, what are you doing there? For a hundred years. That is faith. That's obedience in faith. When it gets uncomfortable, when realities of life hit and we are successful, we listen to the Lord and we do what He says, regardless. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God he is faithful to help us. <laughs> then there is, um, let's see. Then there is Abram. Now, Abram was a man, yes, of obedience, but he took it a level further. He stepped out into the unknown. By faith, Abram in verse eight. by faith Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to the pledge which he would receive as an inheritance. and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now this is different from Noah. Noah knew exactly what the end result is going to be, and he better work on it. Now Abram got a word from God that was open-ended. Say, go out. Okay, God, because you say, I go out. Okay. Now, where am I going? Oh, I direct you. I'll tell you tomorrow where you go tomorrow. Okay. And there was this hope for, for this. His hope was actually not a physical place, but an eternal place, the city of heaven. That's what was in our mind. If you read that story of Abram, that's what he had in mind. That's why he... He had his face raised far above and connected with God, not looking at the circumstances. So even not seeing, he could walk with confidence. He never in his life saw that city. He lived in tents all his life. He was a camper for a lifetime. Now, where do the promises of God come through? I see nothing of this coming through. God, where are you? This is a kind of faith that we need to embrace, just like Abraham, stepping out into the unknown, knowing that God is in control. Now, I want to say also, some people are foolish. They are working in a place they don't like the work. They say, oh, I called, I'm called for something, better. I'm going to resign and I'm going to go in full time. I'm going to go to Hubabes and to, 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 to the north and I'm going to evangelize and I'm going to plant churches. And they're missing God all the way through because they didn't like the work. <laughs> Not following through in obedience what God calls them to do. It's a process. Yes, you might be called for preaching or ministering or whatever it is, but you have to be faithful in the now. Circumstances don't de- determine where we are going. Okay? God determines where we are going, and we endure in the, tu- in the circumstances. I had a call to be a missionary in Africa. God told me, finish school, go study, do some work, it took that vision to, to start opening up. took 15 years. <laughs> it took 15 years. And after being here, missionary with YWAM, it took another 10 years before we went into ministry, ministering is the Word of God. Serving, doing what the Lord requires, being patient, enduring until the right time, and when you are stepping out, everybody knows this man, this woman is called, what he or she is doing, no doubt about that. I get tired when people come to me and say, the Lord told me, and I just left everything. Here I am, I have nothing, can you help me? (laughs) That's not what I believe is faith. It doesn't fulfill God's purposes. Alright, so that's Abraham. There was Sarah. Now when we, when we are really in faith, miracles, signs, and wonders will follow. Okay. Sarah, it says there, Hebrews 11 verse 11, By faith Sarah, Sarah herself also received strength to, to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, we had promised. A promise of God stands and it's undeniable. God will make sure all his promises are being fulfilled, okay? Regardless of circumstance. And if we mess up, God has a way to make his promises to come fulfilled. It's not about us. If it's not for me, if I don't fulfill that promise, if I don't work on it to be together with him, he will find other ways. He will fulfill his promise. He does not need me to do that. He wants me, but he doesn't need me to fulfill his promise. So Sarah believed she was past her age, was nearly 100 years old or between 80 and 100 somewhere impossible, she believed, God's purposes came into action. Hebrews 11.13, it talks about promises not coming fulfillment. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off as assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. This life on earth is not the ultimate. God's promises on life might get fulfilled through your children or grandchildren. Don't give up if you don't see God coming through for you, seemingly. He always comes through, just not the way we expect it. And why did they keep that faith? Hebrews eleven sixteen, 16. But now they desire better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Wow. Because they saw beyond their own life. God says, I'm not ashamed of you. Okay. God actually can be ashamed of us. And we have big mouths. And we are not aligned with him talk about faith, but we are not people of faith, We're not willing to lay down our lives, sacrifice our lives, do whatever he calls us to do. Our faith is going to be tested. Okay? It's going to be hard. Okay? Hebrews 11:17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, And he who received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom he was says, "In Isaac your seed shall be called." Now this is confusing. What kind of God is this? He showed Abram the stars and the sand on the seashore and said, "This many offspring you will have out of out of Isaac." And now God says, "Kill Isaac." Now, that's a contradiction, 100%. I would have said, forget about this. This is all deception. Bye-bye. Whoever God you are, (laughs) bye-bye. How can you do that? You make a promise, and then you take an action that destroys that promise completely. Sometimes the Lord will tell you what you need to do in your life. And then he tells you, lay down your vision, forget about your vision, not just lay down for two years. Forget about your vision and serve there, or serve there, okay? And you stand there, what is this about? God told me, and now this? That can't be. Some people say, God told me, I do what God told me, I don't care what's around me and what voice is speaking there. I do what God told me. While God requires you to lay down your vision, serve somebody else. God is able to resurrect that vision that He And if not, He anyway will do to what needs to be done to fulfill His purpose. It's not about us. It's not about my vision. It's not about the great things I can do for God. It's about being obedient to God and trusting Him against all odds. Abraham had to kill that very promise. Now, if Isaac was dead, there would be no future for us whatsoever anymore. Because God can't break His promises. That was a serious test. Living in faith, people of faith, out there to bless and to bless and to bless, not to curse. When somebody does something to me, we are quick to speak evil of the people and to curse people. Jacob, Isaac, all those, Joseph, were blessing their children. Okay. Now in that moment, it looked like nothing. When you bless somebody, how can I bless this person, you know? (laughs) You know that person. You know how that person is. You know, Jacob was, was a scam. When Isaac blessed him, he was a nothing. He was not a godly man at all, but he blessed him. What do we bless? We don't bless the person at the moment where he is. We are blessing the person of what God has in store for that person. We are looking at the potential of that person. And we are believing in people, even if they are fraught and unacceptable. We believe in them looking from God's perspective what God has put in them. And we nurture that and we bless it until the time comes when it breaks open and that person becomes a blessing. It's a life of faith. life of faith drives away fear. Moses' parents were hitting Moses, Hebrews 11:23. Uh, 23. They were not afraid of a king's command. Okay, because they had faith in their God that the purposes for Moses get fulfilled and nothing is going to stop them. Fear was gone. Sometimes when God keeps us in, Fear comes on us. How can this work out? How am I going to do this? I don't know how to do this. I don't know what's going to be our outcome. If this fails, I'm going to be, just people will point fingers at me, I'm going to be a loser. Okay. Fear starts settling on us. I'll faith removes it all. God is in charge. I'm willing. I don't care what's the outcome. That's in the Lord's hand. But I'm willing to go. Faith drives out fear. As I said earlier on, faith is not an easy walk. It's not a walk in the garden. Okay. It's not an easy life. If you look at Moses, Hebrew eleven twenty four, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather the suffering, the, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Don't let your prosperity deceive you. To pray, prosper physically is no indication whether you are in the will of God or doing the right thing. Okay. Moses could have decided, you know, these, yes, these are the people of God. God can do with them with all. I'm going to stay in the palace. I'm blessed there. I've got all the riches. I have great influence to make Egypt prosper. Okay. I have a good purpose there. But why should I go into the desert? There's <laughs> well, not even water. Where does the food come from? Okay. God had a call from Moses had a call from God. And he did not regard the suffering. He knew what he was in for. He knew that there is suffering coming. And yet he chose the suffering beyond the the good life. Can we do that? Doing something that you know when I make this decision. This is trouble for myself. But I know it's God's will for me. They will let me do it. That's a tough decision. But that requires a strong substance of faith within ourselves which is rooted in Jesus. If we live in the flesh we will not master those decisions. Moses overcame the enemy in the Red Sea. Egypt was destroyed finally. The people of God were redeemed. They were delivered from bondage because Moses chose discomfort and hardship by faith. It was not all about Moses. He had no benefit out of this. It was God's purposes that got fulfilled in this. And the last one that we find in uh, Hebrews eleven thirty 30 is Faith conquers. We are not in defense We are in offense. We overcome, we conquer. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. All they had to do was praising God and giving thanks. You know that praise and thanksgiving draws us into the presence of God. And God will fight the battles and give us the victory. It's half as much fighting if we are in praise and worship, because all the problems and issues of life become smaller as we are in praise and thanksgiving. Don't take it lightly. When we come together Sunday morning to praise the Lord, come with an open heart to receive and to give. Give praise unto him because it puts you into a right perspective. And the issues of life are put in their place where they belong. Amen. Good. Just in summary quickly. What I, we talked about, we live a supernatural life of faith. Faith is supernatural. It's in giving, salvation, obedience, uh, stepping out into the unknown, seeing miracles happening, giving blessings experiencing spiritual gifts, overcome fear, um, facing suffering, overcoming the enemy and conquering, taking the promised land, taking the kingdom of God. That's what I wanted to share with you this morning. I want us to stand up and I want to lead you to make a declaration from uh, Galatians 2.20. Shall we do that? I speak and then you follow me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that this year will be an awesome year of drawing closer to you, Lord Jesus. That this will be an awesome year of growing in faith growing in our stature in you, Lord Jesus. Take more on of the substance of faith in our lives and putting down the substance of the flesh. Lord Jesus, I pray that there will be breakthroughs this year for everyone here in the church, Lord Jesus. Pray, Lord Jesus, that there will be much growth, personal growth, and that there will be much fruit resulting out of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need...